Hello there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tavalon. Have a cup of tea, or maybe a frothy ale. The light, why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. Hello and welcome back. I am here with my good friend Tracy. I am here with my delightful friend Amber. And this is the road to Tarvalin today. Tackling a topic that doesn't seem like something (laughs) we would normally cover, I guess. Because I think it's something that so often people joke about within the Wheel of Time. Yeah. Regardless, today we are covering romance and the Wheel of Time. And I want to get like right off the cuff. Do you have any opinions on this topic in the Wheel of Time? You know, when you first suggested it, I was like, oh, there's so many couples in the Wheel of Time. Like, this is going to be so easy. And then I really started thinking about it and like the idea of romance, like the real idea of romance and what it means and feels like to me. And I was like, wait a second. Like there's a lot of coupling that happens in the Wheel of Time, but I don't know how much true romance happens in the wheel of time so i felt like my opinions and feelings about it kind of shifted while i was like looking at things and man people on the interwebs have opinions (laughs) as they should that is the place where they share them (laughs) i was i i sometimes this is this is the few times like when we do stuff like this where i find myself on reddit because i don't go on reddit very often and i'm always it's always a mixed bag there's like people who like really hate things and they're really vocal about it and there are people who really love things. And sometimes there are those people who are really nice and who are kind of like in the middle, like the peacekeepers. They're like, guys, why don't we look at it from this direction? And I don't know. It's just like everyone has opinions. So what are your opinions? I feel, I feel, <laughs> that's apparently how I feel. I don't know if it's Jordan's strong suit for writing but I think the TV show has already shown us some places for expansion and improvement. Are there any couples that you tend to gravitate towards the most oh, in yeah. the book series? Oh. Maybe we can leave the show stuff till the end. Okay, sure. Um, in the series, let's see here. You know, I really don't know. <laughs> that's I, it ladies and gentlemen we're done we're done we're, three we're minutes done. in we're finished i actually okay so so the thing that just like kind of popped into my head that i kind of giggled about is the wave nope sail mistress and cargo master like their relationship i don't even remember their names that's probably my favorite one and, and we're probably not even going to talk about it because it's like such a minor thing but it's the only it's the only one that I feel kind of comes close to the relationship that I share with my husband, where it's like we each have our areas of our life that we're responsible for, and we work together to make things happen, and there's a lot of trust there. And I feel like so many of the relationships in Wheel of Time are just like, 
oh, we met for like five seconds. Now we're destined to be together for the rest of our lives and we're quote unquote in love. Like it just seems like it happens really fast. And a lot of times our couples don't even spend a whole lot of time together. Like how much time does Rand actually spend with Elaine compared to like all of the other people he interacts with in the entire series? Like I just... I think that's funny because out of the... Oh, actually, just before we move further, full spoilers today for the book series and the television show. Yeah. We wouldn't be able to talk about this any other way. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Thank you for putting that out there. So, spoiler alert, Rand and Elaine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's funny because they're actually my favorite couple. Rand and Elaine? Rand. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Tell me more. Okay, I'll I'll talk about why it's my favorite, but first I'll talk about the other two and maybe why they don't come as close. Okay. I think Rand and Avienda, I feel like their relationship is much more about kind of like the connection to Rand's past and lineage and, you know, heritage. Mhm. And there's something about it that makes sense. But there's also that kind of, it, it, it goes on for a long time where it's Avienda fighting this like feeling she has for him. Yeah. And I mean, it goes and it goes and it goes. So it's it always does. kind of there, but never really fully getting to some type of, I feel like, climax or end point. I guess at the very end of the series, like they finally have a moment together. It wasn't the igloo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then Min and Rand. I feel like Min is, she's an interesting character in the beginning. She's got Mm -hmm. like so much going for her where she has talents that have nothing to do with channeling. And that's pretty cool in comparison. Yeah. But I feel as though Robert Jordan kind of turned her into this submissive like yeah. I'll sit on your lap. Yeah. Type of gal. Yeah. It doesn't do a lot for me. Like I know she's like reading and trying to solve problems for Rand, which right. you know, like I think that she's a good person. Yeah. Helpful. Yeah, but I do feel like there's that kind of like whether it was intended to be or not, like submissiveness about mm-hmm. her in a way that it kind of just like it feels a little stale and old fashioned for me. Yeah, yeah. Then on the other hand, we have Elaine, who she needs nothing. Yeah. She doesn't need money. She doesn't Mm -hmm. need status. She doesn't need wealth. She's incredibly talented channeler, Aes Sedai. Like, she's got it all. I feel like she chooses Rand because she cares about him, but she doesn't need anything from him. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's like, of course, affection. She's wanting that. But she does get, like, wishy-washy, like, I don't know how to talk to him or, you know, I'm going to fight. No, we're going (laughs) to write a letter where I'm nice and then one where I'm really mean. Right. That aside, this is something that Robert Jordan does with so many characters. So it's not – for it being inserted into that relationship isn't something that I'm going to, like, dock it for because it's almost in all of them. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's true. That's a valid point. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I just, I, I think she's a, she's a liberated woman and I respect that. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, that's one of the, the things that like actually kind of 
makes me feel as though like this relationship with Rand isn't even needed. Like over and over again, she shows that like she'll do things in her own right. Like she doesn't want Rand to quote unquote put her on the throne of Andor. Like she's very insistent she's going to do it her own way. And like one of the things that I read while I was like scrolling through stuff was that it would almost, and I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with this, but like it would almost make more sense for Elaine thinking about her as now the ruler in Kyrian and in Andor to make a Kyrian alliance through marriage as opposed to whatever it is that she does with the Dragon Reborn. And I mean, on on that note, like the Dragon Reborn is like, the dragon reborn so I don't know how much more status you get than that but like I don't know I just I do feel as though there's something to say for it like it is her choice in a lot of ways like even though the pattern has made it like they're all supposed to be together Elaine's feels the most personal choice does that make sense yeah I agree I agree because men fights it Avienda fights it but Elaine takes it. Oh yeah, you know she's what I like, want to go like, make out? I do. <laughs> yeah, like I, I respect that. Oh, Man, me too. Like, I wish I, I were know. that like, gutsy. I guess I mean I respect it in a way, like in a literary sense, because there's no ah, like, there's okay. no moping or just kind of like. <sighs> she says what she wants. We go there. Robert Jordan writes it. Done. Over with. Good but point. But of course, like. She's got so much going on in her life. Yeah. And I think to me, like, I'm the type of person who I'm very, how do I want to say, phrase this? Codependency gives me the ick, okay? <laughs> like two people where it's like, we need no each way. other. Like we have to, we have to, like we're like <laughs> destined lovers or yeah, something like, yeah. that, like that. I'm like, oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's not my style at no, all. Like no. I like to have my life and I don't need everything in my life to be shared with someone Yeah, because I don't know, like I, I am fairly independent and yeah. like what I like to do in my hobbies and yeah. I don't need the other person in the relationship to share all of those same right. things or something like that. Yeah, And I just think with Rand, all of these women are sharing him with the world, with the pattern, you yeah. know, like yes. there's, yeah. there's a lot riding on his shoulders. Yep. And I think Elaine kind of just, I feel like she has the best, okay, maybe not best. I feel like Elaine, out of all three, like I would rather be in a relationship with her <laughs> if I were Rand than anyone else, just because of my own personal like preference. But yeah. men, oh my gosh, like I, <laughs> no, no, I couldn't. You I know can't. what? No. Okay, so <laughs> I think, I think men would be mine. Like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, so, but, but here's, here's why, here's why. Okay, so in a lot of ways, I agree that like men doesn't really get a lot of being men once she starts almost like living with Rand where she's like always with him, always around him. But like she does a lot of things independently still. Like she has to, she doesn't have a choice because she can't share him. 
And she takes that opportunity to like do research and like, and I was thinking about this too, because like, while yes, that research is focused on helping Rand, helping Rand means helping prevent the end of the world. And that seems like a pretty big deal. And so like in that situation, I feel like she's still giving him, giving quote unquote, him the freedom to do the things that he needs to do while she does what she can to do or fill the role that she feels will be most helpful to the world around her. And I also kind of love women who read a lot. So there's Yeah, but it feels so one-sided for me that it's just... I I can see that. I can absolutely see that. Yeah. Nynaeve pretty much does the exact same thing without like the insertion of like romance or sex or something like that she's like i'm down for the cause 100 percent, baby (laughs) all in randall four i'll take you there and back we got this like number one yeah but men it almost feels like i don't know i don't want to say transactional or something Mm. like or maybe like the lack of transaction okay yeah (laughs) like she's putting stuff into it but like yeah what is she getting out of this? I guess like it's for fulfilling for her somehow. So yeah. I can't judge like, but Avienda, like she's off doing other things on her own as well. Yeah, yeah. So like she's probably my number two in all of this. Yeah. I love Avienda. Yeah. I think she's such a charismatic oh, character. Yeah. Yes. And I love that she's just who she is unapologetically like warrior channeler aiel but then like embracing the wetlander culture like it's just cool like she's just she's kind of down for whatever too it feels like yeah in a way yeah elaine avienda and min would be your like preference yes if i would if i were rand yes yeah absolutely And I mean, the ending for men is pretty grim. Right? Like, that ending is so weird. So weird. It's still like, I just, I get so angry about that. I don't think any of them really come out with like an upside of their relationship with Rand. Like, he just kind of goes off. And yeah, I know give the kid a break he just saved the world hooray but like those women aren't gonna slow down and elaine's pregnant with twins so she's gonna be a mom soon and sure she's like the queen so she's gonna get all kinds of help and whatnot but she's still a parent that's still gonna be something that she has to be responsible for and rand's just off you know riding his horse and smoking his pipe like well, I mean, what does it say about the relationship between <laughs> Rand and yeah. men who's, like, now a slave? Exactly. Just like, oh. that, was, that was the next thing I was going to say. Those fun times of you sitting on my lap, <laughs> great memories and all, Thanks but have fun reading. in Sean Chen. <laughs> right? <laughs> but I just... And Avienda has been, like, grievously injured. And even with healing, she's... She's going to have to adjust to this and no emotional support from Rand. He's just off doing whatever the heck it is that he wants to do. 
So I'm, I'm like, how? Yeah, but I feel like her Aiel culture would probably equip her better for that. Oh, absolutely. Than absolutely. I just feel as though it's a really, like, for all the emphasis that gets put on these relationships, I'm like, do we need them? Elaine and Avienda could become besties without needing to share Rand. They could just think each other is really cool. And that could be that. So we do have characters like Lan and Nynaeve, who I think are a strong choice for many people's favorite of couples. I would agree with the people that think that they're, they kind of have this jarring beginning where it's like they notice each other, then automatically in love. Yeah, yeah. But I will say, like, as things get to the end of the book series can we just talk about the golden crane flies for Tarman oh my Gaiden god because it's such like, a great moment i'm sure some people will disagree with me but i find like this whole segment of nynaeve like tricking lan and like traveling or is it skimming ahead of him to like warn people yeah. she amasses an army for him yeah and I don't believe in love languages. I think it's kind of silly. <laughs> but, like, if anything, like, she just did him a solid because he was yeah. about to go die and she was like, not today, nope. my dude. Yeah. Like, let me save you from your own idiocy. Right. She's so smart. Like, she totally follows his directions but does it in her own way and is like, you're not doing this alone. Right, and there is something weirdly, oddly, I will admit this, romantic about it. <laughs> it is. It is. Like, I am a love language person. I apply it in my personal life. And for me, it's gift giving. I really love to give gifts. And, like, this is the best gift that Land didn't want but absolutely needed that she could give him in that moment and i mean she wants him to live this is her husband this is the person that she just like loves you know like she would do anything for him and in like the limited means that she has available to herself this is what she does and it's just like incredible it's so smart and emotional like I just I love that part I love that part see it's such a weird thing because we can talk about Robert Jordan being like man the man like just could not write romance to save his life and then then you get to a moment like this and it's like well when you think about it and really kind of like look at it from many angles and be like is it it is romantic isn't it I think so I think so I really I really enjoy that he put something in there like that. I know people have to have, like, in the past looked at their partners and just been like, you are being so thick right now. Like, just (laughs) open your eyes. Like, Uh you're not even, you're not making any sense right now. Like, you are doing something so stupid. Just listen to me. Like, I got you. I got you on this. Trust me. I got you. Yeah. And Lan just... Through, you know, his heritage, through his O's, through all of this destiny that he's supposed to live up to, 
he put it all first in front of the person that he, you know, supposedly loves the most. And, you know, he's dead set on, you know, like, sorry, Nynaeve, like, I'm going to make you a widow. That's just the way the world is. That's just how life is for me. And she's like, you are so thick. Like, it doesn't have to be this way. Yeah. let me go ahead and make it so. Yeah. And I really, really adore that chapter. I adore that whole line yep. where she's just typical naive browbeating these Malkiri, I, I want to say refugees, into mm. their duty of taking back Malkir from the blight. Yeah. I firmly believe that Nynaeve doesn't care about this <laughs> dumb dummy mission she's just like you know what i mean like what does it matter if the city is saved from the blight or not really you know like what does it matter it's gone everyone's picked up they're living somewhere else now like it doesn't need to happen it's just something that is so important to lan that he's gonna go kill himself over it the logic in that drives me bonkers yeah yeah but i just love that she's like all right you know what, we're we're doing this. I will save you from yourself, you big dummy. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, got a bunch of people killed in the process, but what is love? I mean, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> what is love? Baby, don't Other, hurt me. <laughs> you know what? Thank you. That was uh, That was definitely what popped in my head. And I mean, piles of bodies, really. That is not an easy battle scene. And I, yeah. I just, I mean, what was Lan thinking that he would do it by himself? Just me, I'm fine. I'm a one man army. Check me out. Like, no, come right? on, Lan. I mean, we all know you're <sighs> so a badass, but you're not that much of a badass. Also, is this really what he needed to like accept help from other people? Naive going from like village to village along the way to be like, hey. You guys, this thing is happening. It's going down. Your king is coming through. Huzzah, off we go to fight. I do think that the Lan and Nynaeve relationship has its ups and downs. But, like, as far as, like, romantic relationship highlights, that's probably the top one in my book. Yep, I would agree. I think there's a reason it probably is the favorite. Yeah. It is really well written. I will say there are some romances that we don't get to see in the books. Yeah. That I really wish we would have. Yeah. Specifically Tom and Morgays, because I feel like it is just Ooh. so fiery and passionate with the way <laughs> that Morgays wants to kill him. Right, yeah. <laughs> or, I mean, threatens him. If he ever shows back up, she'll hang him or whatever. I forget. Yeah. But I really want to know what the background is on these two because I feel like it was intense. Yeah, it had to have been. I will say the Moraine-Tom romance, I could do with or without looking through the lens of Robert Jordan. I know why he did it. Like, I think I know why he thought it was a good idea because it's like, two super spies off the end of the world you know like it's it's kind of cool but after you get the show like nothing makes sense besides Moraine and Swan Sanche so yeah yeah and I mean New Spring it's so like 
if you read between the lines and you go by what Robert Jordan has said about these two, like, you know, it was a real relationship. It wasn't just a fling, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They really cared about each other. Mm -hmm. I love New Spring for what it is with the relationship between these two women. And despite it not being graphic or anything like that, I would say that it is romantic. The way that Maureen thinks about Swan, like when we get her her point of view, like she basically has like stars and hearts in her eyes when she thinks about Swan and it's just the cutest damn thing. When Swan shows back up in New Spring after Maureen has hightailed it out of the tower, Swan comes in with news of all of the deaths and she's crying and just so distraught and I think it's that chapter I want to say it's that chapter I think the quote is something like she she could have kissed her so she did or something like that yeah yeah oh new spring again like it is weird because Robert Jordan not not a romance writer right but there were some things that he brought in where it's just like he was so close you know like he was so close (laughs) yeah yeah I think for me the thing that kills it is just like how fast it happens so often like there's so little build-up to the relationships and so like one of the key things for me that should be part of relationship is trust and communication and so when you're not even spending any time with them there's not going to be a whole lot of opportunities for communication and how do you build up trust when you're not like working together spending time together going through challenges together like there are moments where he gets that, I would say, with Avienda and definitely with men. But, like, I mean... I feel like if friends. you truly trust someone, though, like, you don't need to have that constant check-in. That's you know? true. That is true. And I feel like all three of them do at least trust that it's just the three of them, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I... I think at that point they've, you know, they've sealed the deal and they're not going to worry about, you know, this aspect of sharing Rand for lack of a better word, but yeah. It's consensual at this yes. moment and point yeah. in time. Yeah. But as far as like spending time with him, yeah, it's not ideal if you're someone who needs to have that, you know, I don't want to say 24-7, like always in contact yeah. with someone, but I feel like for the IEL, that's just not a thing. You know, no. like I feel like they're always probably out and about doing different things and yeah. then maybe like coming home and spending time with their partners in yeah. the end. With Elaine, I mean, she's ruling the country. I don't think for Elaine, she's like, I wonder what Rand's doing. <laughs> no, she's doing what she was born to do, what she wants to do, what's important to her, which is run the country. Right, yeah. Or the nation. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure she thinks about Rand, but I doubt she's... Obsessing about him? 
I doubt she's in the same situation as men who's, you know, off somewhere alone, just kind of like a captive, pretty much. Sad. Poor men. Poor, poor men. <laughs> poor men. Were there any other couples or characters from the books you Actually, would like to talk about? You know what? Someone put Loyal and Aerith as like one of their favorite couples in the series. And it made me smile so big because I was like, yeah. <laughs> Love Loyal. They're just... There's a sweetness about the way that they come together and then to have them like bloodied and fighting side by side in the last battle, like a relationship forged in fire. I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, it's interesting too, because Ogier culture, he doesn't really pick the girl, you know, like it's more... I think it's more left to the parents, yep. but that doesn't stop him from definitely having a crush on Era and, and thinking so she's the most cute. beautiful, yes. beautiful Ogier he's ever seen. Yep. And I mean, how sweet is it when like his mom is in the same boat that he's in and is like, yep, you, you're for my son and we're going to do a whole lot of walking to get the two of you together. I'm trying to think. There's so many. We have Tuan and Matt. We have Perrin and Fail. We yeah. have Fail's parents, who I think I are a very interesting too. couple themselves. Yeah. I don't know why I like it so much. It's like, oh, you, you two really love each other. <laughs> In a weird, violent way. Yep. <laughs> Saldan culture. So weird. Yep. I don't... <sighs> I don't know how I feel about Matt and Tuan specifically just because I want to give Matt the benefit of the doubt and be like, come on, Matt, like, yep. don't fall in love with a slaver. Right. Come on. Right. You're Not so, just a slaver. You're so funny, like, ruler of the slavers. <laughs> come on, Matt, don't fall in love with the queen slaver. <laughs> it's, it's a lot to take in. It really is. Maybe this is just, you know, 2023 talking where it's like, this idea is so foreign to me in this time, like in this world that we are in now where I'm like, it's kind of a red flag there, bucko. Right? Like, Like, destined or not? Exactly. Like, (laughs) I fuck off pattern. I'll make my own choices. This is not what I'm down for. Like. Matt shows over and over again that he's, like, for the underdog and, like, helping people who have been oppressed. So for him to be like, yeah, yeah, sure, totally, we're married, and I'm going to use your enslaved channelers in battle, and I'm totally cool with that now. It's fine. Like, is it? I think. I think the usage of the pattern pulling people together in terms of relationships is probably the biggest reason why I feel like the romance doesn't work so well. Like yeah. romance of destiny just doesn't really do anything <laughs> for me if there isn't actual defining moments in that romance that make me realize like, 
oh yeah, like I understand yeah. why they like each other. Yeah. Like if it's only built on the stars have aligned, like, you know, like right. she met his eyes, he met her eyes, they <laughs> knew they would be, you know, forever Destined. together. That doesn't feel real to me. No. But like when you have that moment, like Nynaeve blipping ahead and like fighting and just, you know, like doing something that's going to make Lan hate her, but appreciate and love her for what she's done, you know, like it's, that's a little bit different. Like that, yeah. I feel that, you know? Yeah, same. Yeah. Like I, I would, I would actually want somebody to do that for me. <laughs> Well, I don't think you would be so silly to no. go charging into the no. blight. No, I wouldn't. Alone. <laughs> I would not be that person. Nope. No. But I get it. Like, I know why so many men see Lan as just, like, the utmost coolest, you know? Like, he's just, like, there's that warrior, like, I don't care, like, I don't even care about death, you know? Right. (laughs) Dumb. It's just that very, especially at the era that this was written in, like, it feels really cool. Like, he's a very cool guy for the 90s. But (laughs) I don't know. I like the disclaimer for the 90s. Well, I mean. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Think about your heroes of the 90s, though, like the Rambos and yeah. the Terminators. Yeah. And just, standalone. Like, standalone heroes. Yeah, maybe I'm, maybe that's a little bit earlier than the 90s, but <laughs> I just, I, you know, like, like the like the John McClane's <laughs> of the world, the Jean-Claude Van Damme's yeah. of this world. Yeah. The Bruce Lee's. There's something almost action hero-y about Lan, but it's almost like Robert Jordan like gave him that like that notion too and he's almost poking fun at that notion yeah. in a way where he, Lan is just charging head for like head forward into his own death like yeah. I, I have to think that there's commentary there on how Robert Jordan feels about war after living it and having Ooh. to kind of think like it's like it's uh it's kind of a silly silly concept when you think about it but yeah it is it is real and it gets people killed and it's maybe not always as noble as people think yeah truth truth and naive is like that guiding star being like all right my dude there are a couple other couples i would say from the books, but I have a feeling since we're at 42 minutes, we should probably talk about the show. Since we didn't really touch on Parent and Fayil for book stuff, do we want to like talk about what might, ha- I mean, or have we talked about this enough? Like what we think about hope for Parent and Fayil in the TV show? I mean, if there's something that we haven't talked about that you want to touch on, go for it, or that you haven't touched on. I think the the main thing that comes to mind is that like everyone's big complaint with Fayil is her abusive tendencies. Is that accurate? I would say so. Yeah. And I mean, I get that. I get that. Especially like living in the time period we live in now where it's like 
that's just extra super not cool and never should be. But it goes both ways too. So yes, yeah, yeah. And so I'm just like, I feel like they might be another opportunity to improve and update what was done in the books. And that's what I'm hoping for is like just something that feels or maybe enhances the equality that I feel is there between Perrin and Fayil. Like, I actually like their relationship for the most part. They talk to each other. They communicate with each other. I mean, there are some things that, like, aren't great about their relationship. But, I mean, no relationship is perfect. But, like, she's exactly the person he needs, especially when he's so far away from, like, any of his friends or advisors. Like, she is noble-born, so she understands, like, what kinds of things Perrin needs to do to help when he arrives in the Two Rivers. And I just think that that's, like, really valuable. It is no secret. I tend to like Fayil probably a little bit more than the general Wheel of Time audience, I guess. Yeah. But... I am frequently surprised. I don't know. I feel sorry for Fayil. Yeah. What? I, I'm generally I just. I hear you. No, it's okay. I'm sorry. I just generally feel like confused a little bit. I think I liked her reading her. She's still a young woman figuring stuff out from a culture that is actually pretty violent. What she does is culturally acceptable and expected. And so, like, she has to learn outside her culture. And taking that on can be a challenge. Personal growth is challenging, but she chooses to do it because she loves parents. But she also expects him to kind of, like, step into her culture, too. So there is that give and take there, I think. Yeah. But you were saying that you feel sorry for her? Yeah. I see her a little bit as a victim. Like she was raised in an environment where this was okay and this was common. Yeah. yeah. And she yeah. didn't see anything wrong with it. And it wasn't until she was outside of that environment that she realized that there was another way. Yeah. So like if you had a kid that lived or grew up in a family where, you know, beating each other was okay. Right. Yep. That's not their fault for not knowing any better. It's Agreed. their fault for leaving home and growing up and, you know, not being able to change their ways, which she eventually does. So, yeah. Which I think should yeah. make her more likable. Like she could have just dogmatically continued behaving in the way that she'd been raised. And instead, I think she like embraces some of the more gentle aspects that parent very intentionally puts in his own life. And I, I like yeah. that. I like that. Like, she's not, so, like, she's not changing herself in the way that, like, men works to change herself to appeal to Rand. Like, that is one of my big complaints with men is, like, the outfit changes and whatnot because she wants to appeal to Rand. Like, change those things for yourself because you want to feel that, like, you want to feel good. And this is what feels good to you, not because... And regardless, we're talking about Fayil. No, it's fine. Um, I don't mind dropping back to men. Do you have anything else to say about Perry and Fayil? Because I feel like men is going to be a big challenge for the TV show. No, let's move on to the TV show. Cool. How are they going to do this? 
(laughs) How are they going to do this? I would have to imagine that at some point they're going to be spending a lot of time with each other. And if and when that happens, it will feel organic. Okay. But it's possible that she isn't explored as a love interest or a romantic partner. I was thinking about that too. But then the question is, if she is not introduced as a romantic interest or anything like that, then what's she doing in the story? Agreed. Like at this point... What's her arc? Yeah. She's not left in a very good place at the end of season two. And I'm just like, how... How do we get her with Rand? What will she have gone through? How will he trust her? Will there be an apology at some point between man, man, men and Matt that will allow them to be friends again? I don't know. I just feel like Min has not been written into the TV show very well. And I'm worried. I don't mind if they don't make her Rand's love interest, though. I really don't mind the idea of, like, maybe reducing the love interests. Like, and it it has nothing to do with, like, being against what I've seen as Rand's harem. Like, I don't, that's not, that's not it. It's more like, how much time do we have? And does everybody need to have a love interest? Yeah, so with men, it's tricky because you want her to have something fulfilling. You want her to be introduced, to have a reason to be in the story and not just mystery girl who shows up, tells a vision, and then drops off for a season. You know what I mean? Yeah, yes. So I have a feeling they would have taken that into account. Like, they wouldn't have brought her in just to do nothing with her. Because right. why? Yeah, yeah. Whatever it is, I'm sure, you know, we'll, we'll see it when we see it, if we get there, if we, you know, reach that point of the story and Amazon continues with the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, sorry, but with, I hate that if. But with men, I feel like the character in the show Uh Uh-huh. I could see her and Rand having a much more realistic relationship. Yeah. In my head than book men and Rand. Yeah. Just for the fact that the men that we were presented with, like she wouldn't I feel like she wouldn't be so taken advantage of, (laughs) you know? Yes. She's got like a real strong backbone. And I don't see her being kind of walked all over. And I shouldn't say walked all over because that's, I don't think that's what Robert Jordan intended. But through the lens of today, that's kind of what it feels like to me. Yeah. Like she was just there to meet the whim of whatever Rand wants. Like sex covered, (laughs) you know, research covered. Got it. What does she get in return? I don't know. Like, the I guess the job well done of helping save the world. <laughs> so that is something. That is something. It is, but look where it got her. <laughs> yeah, I am trying to think, like, what does she get out of this? Like, 
what an unfair ending for poor men. It's very tropey in a way because it's like it's almost like this cautionary tale. Like, yeah, ladies, watch out. Don't sit on any guy's lap because <laughs> whereas show men, I just I, she's such a different personality. I feel so like. different. Yeah. And I like it. She's what early book men. Yes. Could have been if she stayed the same way all the way through, I feel like. I agree with that. Just in terms of like spunkiness and personality. Yes. but Yeah, that jaunty way she has of walking. Like I think of her in that moment where she like walks into whatever building it is that she's going to get something and she has that like little moment with Leander and like just the way that she walks and moves in that scene. I'm like, you are the men I always pictured from the early books. Like she embodies it so well. And I really would love for her to keep that. I feel like that's where her strength comes from is that she is who she is. And she hasn't changed for anyone. She's always like tried to live her own life. And so giving up certain things, changing certain things superficially for a man feels kind of... I don't know. I would just like to avoid that if possible. Yes, but many, many people love men. I feel like many men love men. I love men. I would still pick her as like my number one. I have a feeling that in some ways, like what men gets out of this is like maybe something that, and I, I kind of relate to this, maybe something she hadn't expected to want. And like being with Rand. And being able to be close to him, like, maybe it soothes her in a way. In some ways, we do see where, like, especially in the TV show, we kind of get that glimpse of what her aunts were like and, like, how abusive that felt. And if maybe she's been a loner and whatnot, like, maybe there's something really comforting about being close to her aunt. Feels good for her heart. Sure. I am kind of like a hopeless romantic, though, so. <laughs> not my not my thing i'm like <laughs> let's be logical here <laughs> let's let's use our heads yeah i don't know though i guess maybe that's just i don't know that's why rand and elaine make sense to me so much i'm just like like looking at my spreadsheet like check yes that works i can see this mm -hmm. yes yeah maybe that's coming from you know thinking about relationships just in our like grandparents time mm. where like think about how many women couldn't leave an abusive relationship because like they couldn't have a bank account yeah yeah so like they were stuck so yeah. like when you've got like y you can work for yourself you've got a job you can save your own money you're not reliant on someone mm -hmm. then I think like a relationship and the romance between you can be very organic and it's yeah. like you don't need something from that person yeah so I guess like that's why I think like I don't know. I feel like there's like this liberated like woman behind mm. Elaine where it's like, all right, like you go on. You go on, little princess. Yeah. <laughs> you and do I, you. I'm curious to see how they're going to play out the Elaine Rand relationship. At the end of season two, it's Elaine that heals Rand which is an interesting choice. Mm -hmm. 
and we are going to be, I'm assuming, hopefully still in fall when season three opens up and like time will have passed, of course, of course. Can I rewind a little bit? Yes, yes, Why yes, do you yes think please. it's an interesting choice? I don't find her ability to do that believable. To do what? Heal? Yes. Like, ah. she's a novice. Like, so far, the only thing we know Elaine can do for sure is make alcohol, which is fun. And she was able to, like, make a little explosion. Well, not little, but she made an explosion and then Egwene, like, topped her after that. So, like, there really wasn't anything at that point to show that she had any ability in healing. Like, I still, I still feel it should have been naive. I disagree. Tell me why. Tell me why. You have to introduce these characters in a way that's believable that they would have an interest in one another and just like that catches your attention and I mean us book readers yeah we know they end up together so it's like okay yeah of course but for someone who has no idea what the series is about I feel like you really need to have a moment with these two characters to show like what was it about the two what caught Rand's attention about her well she saved his life yeah, that is a pretty, pretty strong thing to put between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah, where Nynaeve, like, she can't channel. She has a block. Like, she's, this is going to go on just like it does in the books. It's frustrating. Nobody likes it, but it makes her <laughs> character arc much more satisfying when we get to the point of, like, her, you know, doing big, 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 big stuff. Yeah. So out of all of the characters, I feel like Elaine is the most likely choice to heal him. If it was Egwene, so what? They don't end up together, so why use yeah. her? You know, like she's had more training. But also, like, Elaine has an Aes Sedai on staff in the palace. Like, we don't know exactly what all she's capable of. That's true. And she does, I mean, she has been visiting the tower yearly since she was a child so that is a good point there are things that she could know that we're unaware of her knowing but I agree like at first glance it's like yeah of course Nynaeve is the obvious choice like Mm -hmm. she's the healer yeah but at the same time like you don't have to keep only using Nynaeve as the healer like as they've established in the show Uh healing doesn't seem to be such a specific thing that only like certain people can do yeah you know like season one Moraine is healed by Karene Karene yep and she's green Moraine does healing like she heals Tam and she's blue Aja I think the bigger question mark is like not knowing the specifics and the lore behind like the ruby hilted dagger is like sometimes it kills sometimes it don't right (laughs) you know yeah yeah okay i mean i can totally see that it does from like a keep us on our toes perspective make sense to not choose naive as the obvious healer in this moment but i guess i was also like poor naive she's been so down so many times this this season, it just would have been 
expected and nice. I would love her to get her her glory moment, but yeah, that's. I mean, that's gonna take a long time, just as they do it in the books. It's the yeah. same waiting game. Yeah, and I mean, we may not see like a power, like a powerful moment with her until. Oh my gosh, we're getting so sidetracked, but. You may not get a powerful moment with her until maybe about Gideon in season three. Yes. But back to the show. Back to romance. Yeah, 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 yeah. I will say that one of the bigger things that the show is doing is making things a little bit more believable. Yeah. Now, there is the unfortunate story of Perrin killing his wife. Right. Still don't like that. It's, you know, we can't go back and change it. So, like, no, just, like, skip over it. Yeah. But it does give Perrin the opportunity to, like, I guess at some point have, you know, another relationship and get, like, a round two because there didn't seem to be much romance or, you know, there were problems from what it looked like between yeah, him definitely. And his first wife. Yeah. So, it, you know, like, it was just, you could tell some things got cut out and mm-hmm. it just. We had people guessing, like, she's a dark friend. Like, right. surely there's something there because, you know, something doesn't make sense. No, that, that's not what happened. They just had to cut scenes for time. They probably shot, like, I can't remember how long Rafe Judkin said, like, he thought he was going to be able to do mm. the pilot for. So it almost sounded like they had to cut, like, 30 minutes worth of scenes. Interesting. Like, that's a ton. It is. And then, too, you have studio notes, like, no, like, just don't explore that. All right. You know, whatever. Like, they took so much out that you can tell that there's just things that feel off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Layla wasn't a dark friend. When I was thinking about stuff for this, I was kind of thinking, you know, Matt hasn't really had any kind of romantic involvement. And I was like, and neither has Perrin. And then I was like, no, wait a minute. Perrin was married. He killed his wife. Remember season one, episode one? Like that happened. And Matt slept with the woman that he stole the bracelet from, and they cut that as well. Okay, so there's that too. But I'm just like, like it was so easy to forget about his first wife, and I felt really bad about that. I still really appreciate the way that they made it so that he wasn't ready to give up his ring. Like, I feel like that's a romantic touch. Like, my ring is very special to me. I loved that scene. I cried. Like, I teared up a little bit at that because I was I was going to be like, no, Perrin, not yet. It's too soon. And then he was like, nope, too soon. And he didn't. I was like, yes. Oh, thanks, Perrin. I wasn't ready for you to give that up yet. And I think it'll make it more realistic that when he does connect with Fayil later on and they do develop a romantic relationship if that's the direction that they take them i think it'll feel more realistic he didn't just forget about his wife and he won't forget about her as he's falling in love with somebody else and that's an interesting dynamic to potentially explore so i think that could be done in a neat way in the show I will say that they've done a lot more with the Aes Sedai and the Warders. Yes. Where in the books, it's like some of them are lovers, some of them aren't, but we never actually really see any that are. Ooh, yeah, yeah, good point. 
so I mean, that's something, and it does like the ones that we do see for the most part are healthy, you know, like mm-hmm. we don't obviously Lan and Moraine aren't romantically involved, but there's you know issues there, but right, then we get to see Alana, Maxim, and Yvonne mm-hmm. and I feel like that does a lot of justice to Mm -hmm. some of the things that are left out in the books because I'm sure everyone has read that passage where it's like Moraine explaining, you know, the different Ajas and things like this and being like, whoa, 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 like back up. Yeah. Back up here, Miss, Missy. Yeah. (laughs) Tell me more about this because we don't get to see it. Mm -hmm. And like the complications that can come along with those kinds of relationships as well. I really like uh, Alana's advice to Egwene in the show where she's like, focus on your own pleasure. I can't see an Aes Sedai saying that in the books. <laughs> Not even a green. I thought that sensuality was really kind of fun. Like it made her feel like a real woman. And I think that's the thing about the Aes Sedai so often in the books is like, they don't always feel like full women. Right. A lot of the times when you have a like woman magic user yeah. in fantasy, there's some type of catch. Like you can't be all powerful yeah. and beautiful and have the ability to have children or the ability to marry. Like yeah. it usually feels like you there's one like box that you're not allowed to check. Like yeah. in The Witcher, you don't get to have kids. They take that ability from you for like a trade-off for your magic almost. Usually like you can't get all of those boxes checked. And right. It, right. You know, we're talking about two series written by men, right? Yeah. So with the TV show, maybe you can, like maybe you can have magic. Maybe you can be beautiful. Maybe you can be in love maybe you can have like legit great relationships and it be okay yeah you know and I think that's one of the things with the show that they're actually it doesn't sound like a huge barrier to break you know what I mean like it's not because in this day and age like so many more writers so many new things like it's just not the same as it was as it was you know 20 30 40 years ago so like it makes sense to kind of like have that depiction of a healthy couple, and in this case, thruple with Alana, Maxim, and Yvonne. Like it's just good, good on them for doing it. But saying that, it doesn't mean that everything is always going to be sunshine and rainbows, just as right. it would be with any other relationship. And then on top of that, you still have the question mark of like aging and children and, you know, the complications from that as we see from yeah. Leandrin. Yeah. I do enjoy this relationship between those three characters in the show quite a bit. Yeah. I'm not ready for the loss, <laughs> the potential loss of one of them. And it's, it's got to happen. It's got to happen. For so many reasons, I feel like they have to do that. But it's not very romantic. (laughs) Yeah. Before we end it, before we end this recording, like I feel like it would be a major fail on our behalf to not mention 
Moraine and Swan in the TV show and yes. how how well they did in season one of like bringing that story from New Spring yes. forward. Yes. Making it believable, make it make sense, mm-hmm. and make it not be, I don't even know how to explain it. Um, Make it not be almost like a joke, like, teehee, we're lesbians because we're just around girls. No. I feel as though it's done in such a natural and believable way, like when they're together and then them talking to each other and working through their problems together, like, it felt so loving. And I really liked that. And then that scene in season two where they're like, walking and talking and kissing and planning their future like it just I can't even like mentally replay that without smiling at how well done I thought that scene was and I'm just so grateful that we're getting this enhancement of what the swan moraine relationship could have looked like and I enjoy it so much yeah, and I think that the main thing for me that stands out about their relationship is it isn't a relationship where someone thought, oh, gee, how do I write a queer relationship? Yeah. It, it's not that. It was Mm-mm. just, hey, like, how do we make this relationship like any other relationship that yep. is believable? That Yeah, that's, how, that's exactly how it feels. It doesn't feel like they were trying to, like, Mm-mm. put this big, like, attention to gender or anything like that it was just like this is why they are together this is their yeah. story this is why it makes sense and you know it's and from like, the that's source it material. because that's all it like that's <laughs> keep cutting me off <laughs> I'm, so sorry. I'm too excited i need to shut up i'm so sorry no it's fine but I think I'm ready to wrap things up if Sounds you are. Sounds good. No, I, I think we covered everything. This was a great topic suggestion. Thank you so much. Yay. All right. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you back. <laughs>